0: It's Terrible Tuesday. That's terrible. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. That's a terrible idea. I want to know what the hell he's smoking.
1: Something stinks in here.
0: That's terrible. <laughs> it's
1: Terrible Tuesday. Things gone wrong in the sporting world. All right. How much? How many people are watching the Women's World Cup? Numchuk, you watching the Women's World Cup? I mean, it's, it's on too, in my. It's, it's, it's too late. For it's you, on, right? No, it's on in my wheelhouse.
0: That's that's when I'm going to bed.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like I'm. I catch a little bit of it.
1: So I believe the game started at midnight last night, right? Women's World Cup, number one team in the land, USA. They are the defending, back to back World Cup champs. Unheard of, right? Win the last eight years, two cups. Well. They came to the end of group play, all right? Four teams in the group. The top two um, from each group advance on to the knockout stage. I love it when I start talking soccer and I start going into my British accent that sounds Australian and Mr. sometimes goes into Mr. something else. Mr. Stewart, please yeah. stop. We need Mr. Stewart to get on the show here again. All right. Paul Buck Power Stewart. Team USA taking on number the 21st ranked team in the world, Portugal. USA controls their own destiny. They win. They win the group. Nice little seed, right? Instead, you know what happened in their game early this morning? They drew. Nil. Nil. They did not score a goal. Now, they had a tie, a draw. Okay? Soccer terms, draw. In their last game against the Netherlands. So... When I say that the United States control their own destiny to win the group, they win. All right? And they score more goals than Netherlands, you know, beats Vietnam. Okay. They're number one. But you know what happened? Nil-nil for USA and Portugal. Netherlands seven, Vietnam nil. The Netherlands end up winning the group. Carly Lloyd, former... Women's national team member, 16 sixteen years with Team USA, very critical of this team. She said, basically, this team plays with no passion. This irritated the head coach. This is what Carly Lloyd said. You never want to take anything for granted. You put on that jersey, and you want to give it everything you have for the people that come before you and the people that are going to come after you. And I'm just not seeing that passion. I'm just seeing a very lackluster, uninspiring, take-it-for-granted, where winning and training and doing all that you can to be the best possible individual player is not happening. Wow. She's not wrong? That's not terrible? Now... Team USA head coach, Vlatko Adonavisky, he said this. The one thing I want to say is that this team wanted to win this game more than anything else. They put everything they could in preparation for this tournament and every game that they go into. So to question the mentality of this team, to question the willingness to win and to compete, I think it's insane. I've never seen this team step on the field and not try hard or not compete. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. They can say whatever they want. But I just know how this team feels. It's not like we played well by any means. We owned it. We know it's not good enough. We're not happy with our performance. But we qualified for the next round. We are moving on. Here's the big picture here. Two-time defending World Cup champions. They're supposed to cruise through this. You're supposed to cruise against teams like Portugal... In Vietnam. They beat Vietnam. But not like the Netherlands did. 7 nothing. No. Two-time defending World Cup champs. They played three games in the group stage. Against two not very good opponents. And they won one game. They beat Vietnam. They beat one team. That's the first time in history... That they only won one game in group stage. First time in history. They had two draws. They scored a total of four goals in three games. Do the math there. It's basically one goal a game, right? A little bit more. Four goals in three games against that level of competition. That's downright pathetic. Now get it. I get it. Okay. It's tough to repeat in any sport. It is tough. But here's the deal. When you're talking about women's soccer, there is still a big difference in talent from what the United States has to other countries. All right, We know that it's skewed on the men's side and the European nations and the South American nations have slight advantage and better than Team USA. The men are getting better. But from the women's side, it's not even close. They should be dominating this. And yes, they were huge favorites to win the World Cup again this year to go back to back to back. Now the talent gap is shrinking. Okay. It's, it's, it's shrinking. It's not as dominant as it was eight years ago or even four years ago, but it's still no excuse. There does seem like a lack of motivation and there's, this is somewhat still of an aging team. Carly Lloyd is no longer there, but then Megan Rapinoe, she is still there, but she's kind of like a leader not playing very much because she's one of the oldest members on this team. So, And I'm not sure that this is the right coach maybe for this team as well too. I don't know. But other nations are hungry, and they're coming after the United States. Portugal could have won that game. And in their mind, they did win. No, no, they didn't advance. But can you imagine if Portugal would have scored one goal yesterday and they beat the United States 1-0? United States is out!
0: And they almost had it in the 91st 90, exactly. 90 minute. Exactly,
1: exactly. That post, oof. Exactly. Do you realize the United States were inches away from elimination, right? This is unheard of. No, this is terrible. This team should be better. They should be better motivated, and you can't just you know, keep it upon yourself. These women are making money. These women have endorsement deals, all right, much more so than the men. And they were inches away from being eliminated in the group stage. Now, they could come out of this thing and still win. But remember that match last year against another That was tough. Japan, two cups ago, very tough. It's not going to be easy, but keep an eye on Team USA. How do they respond? And I know that people are betting Team USA, and they're hammering this team. Man, losing money with this team right now uh, With the with the two draws to the Netherlands and to Portugal. I don't know. How good is this team? Time will tell. All right, let's go to the NFL. Let's talk about expectations, right? High expectations for Team USA. How about the expectations that we're hearing with? No, I'm not talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. No, no, no. I'm not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. No, no, no. Those two teams in the Super Bowl. How about the ridiculous expectations every time you turn on the TV? The New York Jets. Are you kidding me? The New York Jets. A playoff (laughs) team? A Super Bowl team? Well, that's the rhetoric out there. Because it's New York, you're getting more and more of this, right? Why? Because Aaron Rodgers is there, huh? Yeah. Okay. Let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Let's have a little bit of caution. Because this is really pretty much the same team of Jets disasters from years past. Specifically last year. Yes, the Jets added Aaron Rodgers. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is not the same quarterback that he was five years ago. Maybe even two or three years ago. Down year last year. Packers declined a little bit because they had problems on the offensive line. Didn't have great wide receivers. But the Jets are pretty much the same team. So yeah, you added Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and you added two other players from Green Bay from that wide receiving core that I talk about that wasn't very good. Al Lazar and Randall Cobb that was just like kind of a token being there. Hey, let me, I need Randall Cobb back because, you know, he's like my, my, my security blanket. Cobb hardly played at all last year. And Cobb's bounced around team to team the last four or five seasons. This is still the Jets. JTS, Jets, Jets. J-A-T. It's still the same old Jets. And Aging Rogers, and I don't want to hear about they got Sauce Gardner. Please. Please. Overhype, overrated. Look at what this team did last year. They were 7 and 10. They were 7-10 in not a very good division. Let's say it. They're in a garbage division. With the Patriots, they're going backwards. The Dolphins. I mean, are, really? I mean, this, what is great about this division? It's, you know, we always talk about the NFC least and the NFC East. I'm kind of thinking the AFC least is the exact same thing with these teams over there. But yeah, the Jets should be better this year. They better be better. But this pretty much is the same team from last year that didn't score a touchdown in the last three games. Think about that, what I just said. They did not score a touchdown the last three games of the season. Do you know that's pretty hard not to do, to score a touchdown in three games? You're going to back your way into a touchdown, two-minute drill at the end of the half, garbage time at the end of the game, prevent defense, get a punt return for a touchdown, or you know something, right? you got to back your way into a touchdown the last three games that are all meaningless for you, and you're playing some meaningless opponents as well too. Yeah, Jets should be better, but don't hold your breath for that, all right? Sean Payton, head coach of the Denver Broncos. We had touched upon this er, er, at the end of last week. He wants to tell it like it is. Well, with we the interview with USA Today, he didn't hold back on his thoughts on former head coach Paul Hackett. Hackett with the Broncos, who is now, oh, by the way, with the Jets. The quote again, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. This is what Peyton was saying about the, about the Broncos last year under Paul Hackett. It doesn't happen often where an NFL team or an organization gets embarrassed. And that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much freaking time, except he didn't say freaking, trying to win the offseason the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all that stuff. Oh, man, yeah. There's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed and tolerated in the frickin' training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell, referring to Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Broncos. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot. They couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties on both sides of the ball. That wasn't his fault. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the general manager, the president, and everyone else who watched it all happen. Now, Sean Payton has stepped back from those comments that he made last week. But you don't do that. I'm not saying... That he's wrong. And I think if you listen to what Sean Payton said, he's probably spot on. They were a mess last year. And for anyone to let Russell Wilson come in with his own personal quarterback coach and have his own separate room. Okay, well that's not unusual for a quarterback to you know to watch film in his own separate room. You gotta be part of the team. But you don't ostracize yourself and from the from your coaching staff and your teammates. And Wilson's a good teammate. I mean, I saw him in Seattle. I mean I saw him at the University of Wisconsin. He's a good teammate. And he played horrible last year. But the Broncos were horrible, plain and simple. How much of that is on the head coach? Maybe some to a certain degree. Obviously, it's why he lost his job. Okay, make a change. They did like what was happening there. But for an incoming head coach to do that, what is he going to gain by that? Aaron Rodgers, who has a relationship with Paul Hackett because Hackett was there. In Green Bay as an offensive coordinator. Now they're reunited. Peaches and Herb. That's right, Aaron Rodgers and Paul Hackett. And Aaron Rodgers has got Paul Hackett's back as the offensive coordinator
0: of the New York Jets. Those comments were very surprising um, to, for a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hackett goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay, kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure. That they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year? thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Ouch! There it is! Was that a little Will Smith there? Kind of the same verbiage, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Keep my wife's name out of your mouth, right? Yeah. Keep my coach's name out of your mouth? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers lo- loves Paul Hackett. Is he going to slap him next he- time? Yeah. <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett. I keep saying Paul Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. There you go. Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel. Nathaniel Hackett. You got it? I got it right now. Okay. Yeah. Paul Hackett. His dad. Yeah. NFL. USC. Nathaniel Hackett. (laughs) Rogers has his back. All right. So what do we think of Aaron Rodgers, Sticking up. Okay. Good deal. All right. Let's see what happens though. And maybe Nathaniel Hackett is just better suited to be an assistant head coach. We see it time and time again. You know, hear me saying this all the time. I can't stand these coaches that feel like they're entitled to be the head coach, and presidents and general managers hire oh, the hot offensive coordinator, the hot defensive coordinator. Yeah, it usually doesn't work out well like that. So we will see. All right. <laughs> TV time! You know how much you love TV time, right? Okay, Num Chuck. Here we go. I'm, I'm trying to save my voice Wait, the Are, game are, are, are we getting
0: know. good TV shows? Is that what we're talking? Some good sports on TV? I'll
1: let you be the judge.
0: Oh no. Yeah.
1: One of us I think likes this. You know it's not me. You know where I'm going?
0: Not at all. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I want to know now. The
1: NFL and Nickelodeon are back at it again.
0: Yes! See
1: I told you. Just I oh, wait. wait, it gets better. We have seen wild card games in Christmas Day games be broadcast on Nickelodeon with adults who are acting like to be kids and kids being color commentators. Yes, the Nickelodeon. Remember the slime games making a mockery of professional football with CGs on the screen. That's uh, character-generated things for those, you know, with the slime and all that stuff, yeah. SpongeBob, Slime Time, all that. Well, get ready, my friends, because they're back for the fourth year. Now they are partnering to do their own Super Bowl broadcast. Yes, Nickelodeon will be doing their own Super Bowl broadcast. Not a goofy wild card game, not a Christmas Day game, but Super Bowl. So CBS has the rights to the Super Bowl on February 11th, right? Nickelodeon will have their own broadcast in she was CBS. And making a mockery of the biggest game of the year. Slime time, all the other nonsense, the goofy comedy written into the script. Spongebob make an appearance in the most important game of the year. (laughs) Tell me you like this, Chuck. Tell me you like this so I can rip you to shreds. You know why I love it? No, I don't. Because you hate it. So you want to be a spite spite guy. I'm (laughs) anti-TC. Wow. Wow, that hurts. Wow. My tag team partner... (laughs) resignation anytime you want. Later. <laughs> this is a joke. Now, there's more news to this also. We also have a Christmas Day game this year. Take a wild guess on who the Christmas Day game happens to be that Nickelodeon is going to slime it with. The Jets. You, That's perfect, right? Green on green? No. No? It is the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're Las Vegas Raiders. I you got something for me there? You got a sound effect there, big boy? Something? The game's in Kansas City. Thank goodness, because I'd hate for them to to, to come in there, and I see them in the press box at Elysian Stadium. Christmas you Day game, the Raiders on. and the Chiefs. Now, why am I so down on this? Because it's ridiculous. It's a mockery. And oh, by the way, I think I said this last year. Let's take a look at the ratings. The very first one they did in 2020, it was the Saints and the Bears and the NFC wildcard game. It drew 2.6 million. I mean, not 2.6, wrong, wrong. 2.06 million. So just say 2 million viewers. Of course, people aren't going to watch that over there. Okay? Last year's Christmas Day game, Denver against the Rams, 906,000. That's it. The numbers are declining, my friend. They're declining. I still watch. Of course. Yeah, you do. You watch because you're recording stuff for the show for the terrible Tuesday that comes after. It's still real to me, damn it. (sighs) Unbelievable. We'll leave you with this. Kendrick Perkins was in Las Vegas. You know Kendrick Perkins, right? NBA player, ESPN personality. He was in town coaching his kids' basketball team at the AAU tournament. Like the eight-year-old division, right? Kendrick Perkins got ejected got thrown out of the game, got not one, not two technicals, and got tossed out by a referee, ejected. Here's what Kendrick Perkins had to say. I've been coaching for three years, and I haven't got ejected one time. So I'm trying to ask the ref a question on why did he eject my, one of my players, and he would not talk to me. So when he didn't give me an answer, I blew off the gasket. I'm pissed off at this point. So he tried to kick me out of the game. I was like, I'm not going anywhere. First of all, I just spent thousands of dollars to come to Vegas for this tournament. Went on to lose the game, but I didn't care. At the end of the day, I was pissed off. I was just trying to ask him a question, and he was ignoring me. Of course, you could say, Come on, Kendrick, can't be doing that. You know, it's the kids, also your ESPN personality. What is it with ESPN personalities? Do you know the same thing happened to J.J. Riddick a little while ago? He was coaching his kids' team, he got tossed out of a game, too. Oh, these guys. These guys, man. Hey, oh, why? First take, they create all the hype. Leave that for the cameras when the light's on. Not during the game. Come on, do better for the kids. All right, man. Your terrible Tuesday takes. You got some. You can always hit me at TC Martin 21 on Twitter.